Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Rockies Now podcast. We are a Colorado Rockies podcast. You can follow us at Rockies Now on all of your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, X, Instagram, and our threads page. I'm your host, Stephen. Co-host Tom is here with me today, and we are privileged to have Lewis from Blake Street Banter on the show. We've been wanting to do this for a long time now. Uh, he covers the Tampa Bay football team over there at Bucks Report. Great stuff. And the Boise State Broncos at Bronco Country. Lewis, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I know this has been like a year in the making, it feels like. So thank you guys yeah, so for much. Sure. Yeah, no problem. We love we love uh, you having you on the show, and we look forward to having you again. Um, you know, you, I know you work with uh, Blake Street Banter sometimes, and I know you've been on some of their podcasts and their shows on YouTube. So why don't you tell our listeners uh, how you became a Rockies fan and how you uh, started off with uh, Blake Street Banter? I uh, So I'm from Tampa. I'm, it's like 11 o'clock here at night, so it's late for me. And so how I became a Rockies fan was I just like staying up watching sports. And one night, I think they were playing like the Rangers or something. And they probably lost, but I, I just fell in love then. And then I kind of fell in love that they were like the lovable underdog. They haven't really won much. So I figured like if I join this team, like I'll see them at their highest. That's my thought process behind that. Um, I shot Aaron a text. This is back when Blake Street Banner probably like – 200 something followers and i was like hey can i help you guys right i love rockies i don't want to just watch the rockies and get nothing from it so i wanted to do something with it and uh it's been a great uh, partnership ever since there's like five of us for blake street banner we do mainly the minor leagues so if you guys care about the future of the rockies definitely check us out it's a little different than what rockies now does but oh uh, yeah so i've been blessed and thankful yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, to our listeners, I know Tom and I can agree that Blake Street Banner is a wonderful follow. So check them out there. Good friends over there. Uh, I know they've shouted us out a couple of times, so thankful for that. Um, let's get started with our first segment for tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the Gold Glove finalists that have been released for the Rockies. Yesterday came out. The Rockies have three. They arguably could have had four. Uh, and we're talking about Let's start off with Nolan Jones, who barely missed out. Uh, I think it was just a matter of a, like a couple of games he missed out from being eligible for the uh, Gold Glove Award. And he could have gotten it in left field or right field, but I think most likely it would have been left field. And um, Nolan Jones, man, I mean, he had a, a heck of a year defensively. Offensively, we already know how good he was. So um, moving to our first player that got the Gold Glove finalist is a no big shock here is Bretton Doyle. Um, I think it's pretty much a safe lock that he's going to win Gold Glove. Um, then we have Ezekiel Tovar, shortstop, rookie year, uh, like Brenton Doyle. Uh, man, there's so much to be excited. We could talk all night about you know Tovar, and I think not a lot of Rockies fans are really talking about him. I feel like mainly Nolan Jones, right? I mean, you know, a great season for him, but I mean Tovar is kind of getting a little bit under the radar here, and so I think great for Tovar. Uh, most likely probably won't win it just because of Dansby Swanson, um, you know, as shortstop, he's the likely winner there. And then uh, we have Ryan McMahon, who for the third straight year, uh, go glove finalist at third base. Um, and I'm not expecting him to win at third base either, but you never know. I, I think Hayes is most likely going to win. So I'm going to hand it off to Tom here. Uh, Tom, what are your thoughts on the uh, Rockies, you know, finalist, finalist awards here? Uh, they released the other day. Well, it is great to see particularly some of the two of the younger players, two rookies specifically to get nominated and to get recognized because I like it as uh, we pointed out a little earlier that even though the Owen Consider Rockies an underdog team at this point, it's nice to see a rebuilding team or a team that's not necessarily highly competitive against their peers getting recognized for individual performances. You know, Nolan Jones has received a lot of acclaim and praise for being a rookie of the year candidate, even though Corbin Carroll is the clear-cut favorite but it is nice to see because i am the proponent of the fact that i'll repeat it again defense wins championships and it's great that the rockies are building solid defense def, solid defensive output all over the field particularly in certain areas i believe i've mentioned this a couple episodes ago my if i had to build a team and i wanted my three best defenders to be on the field they would be at these three positions catcher shortstop and center field mm -hmm. um you know not 
I'm not trying to say I'm knocking Elias Diaz that he's not a great defender. He is a capable defender, but it's great to see that the Rockies have solid defensive, especially I think Brenton Doyle in center field, as you and I commented to me earlier this week, we both believe he is a clear lock for it. And I can't remember the statistic for the life of me. I apologize. But somebody the other day commented on social, or actually, it might've actually been MLB Network. There was a statistic that was park adjusted for him and how he covers those deep alleys at Coors Field and how he has the best rated statistic at covering that area than any other center fielder that played there this season. So that, I mean, thing about Breton, I won't talk too much about him because he has not just, he's not blazing fast, but he's got great speed. But I love also his reaction and the angles that he takes to fly balls and line drives, which I think is bit was very beneficial to this nomination. And as you pointed out, Tovar, I believe, will finish second behind Swanson. He leads the major, he leads the National League in defensive war among shortstops. So he is going to win that. But Tovar, I think, will finish ahead of Lindor. And then, you know, McMahon, I was bully on him all season long. He looked like he was heading for this to winning his first ever gold glove. Um, but it looks like Key Brian Hayes is probably going to be the winner. But it will, I think that man will finish second. It is good to see. And it is sad, but a, what is it, a 10 year consecutive streak for the great Nolan Arenado is going to come to an end. As we all know, streaks don't last forever. But that was, it was great that we were able to witness great defensive greatness at a, at a position that requires such great, such first step quickness. For sure. Lewis, what are your thoughts? I agree with uh, Tom a little bit. We have the guys at the right positions. Center field, mm-hmm. shortstop, behind catcher, those are the two most important de- defensive positions. Um, like I said, I don't really want, want my first baseman to be good at defense. I want him to be good at hitting. Um, McMahon yeah. probably won't win it. I think we all agree uh, Hayes will win it this year. But and fairly so, Hayes is better in like every category. But he's talented. He's going to win it one year. He's due soon so maybe next year or the year after um we look at tovar if, if he was in the al i think he wins it i don't know who would win adamas maybe in the al yeah but, i think adamas up there yeah yeah he has like or either, either adamas or i go boba shed i think yeah or is he even or i think he i'm not sure i'm my apologies for there i don't think i'm not sure he's even nominated let me check yeah. i apologize to the listeners there but yeah. um oh i think i think it's gonna probably be seager in my in my opinion i think it'll be seager yeah, because I think he was at the top of the list and like some defensive rankings. Yeah. yeah, right. Anyway, I was sorry, sorry to cut you off. <laughs> You're all yeah. good. You're all good. Um, so Tovar came into the season. I think he was the youngest rookie on opening day, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So yep. I mean, he's gonna win a Gold Glove. It's not like it's last chance. He's gonna be on yeah. this list every single year. He played like 50 more innings than Swanson. So there's value in that if you guys like that. But I think we have the guys in the right spot. And like, like I said, like this team is great. Like Doyle was defensively, this team is locked in for the future. Hmm. Yeah. The question I have, did Tulawiski ever get uh, recognized as a Google finalist in his rookie year? I don't think he was. I'm not sure if he was or not. That's, that's kind of back in the woods. I mean, 2007, we don't have, we didn't have a really the metrics that we have today, but that's something to look, look at. I haven't really looked in a while, but that like when you were mentioning about Tovar being the youngest shortstop, you know, and I think MLB history, you know, at the position to start at like 21 years old, that's, or at least Rocky's history. I'm like, you know what, maybe did ever tool whiskey. I know in 2008, he was in the conversation. I know that, but I know, I, I'm not sure about 2007, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you too on that, uh, on that assessment. But yeah, Tovar, you know, year, year in, year out, he's going to be a, a finalist there. Brent Doyle, I think, and I, I think Brent Doyle should win the planning platinum glove this year no question if you yeah. just look at the arm strength um really he's the only candidate i think that he deserves that i mean if nolan arenado was having that great year again you know he's going to win another one right but he's not in the in the running so really if you look at the best defender in baseball it's easily brenton doyle and if you look at the arm you know like you look at the arm metrics and the outs above average it's insane like literally insane it's inhumane in many ways so um Doyle, uh, he better win Platinum Club or we riot. Um, we're going to move to second number two. Uh, I know Lewis really wanted to talk about this. And, and you know, of course, we might not get into huge uh, in-depth with this. But, you know, the Rockies, as we had in the offseason, some of the Rockies are playing winter ball uh, in, in various places in, you know, the Dominican Republic and, and South America. So 
Lewis, I'm going to hand it off over to you, and uh, you can share what uh, what's going on for the Rockies uh, and Warren Ball right now. Yeah, it's going to be a short little segment here. Just if you guys want more baseball after the World Series ends, if you guys want more baseball, they do this Winter League, Mexico, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, and Venezuela. I have a list of some players, not all. The rosters are really hard to find. Got to go, yeah. go on MLB TV, um, and you'll have the games available. Um, Montero, Warming, Burnable, Julio Carreras, William MacGyver for the DR. So that's a couple of top 40 guys for us. Mexico has Trejo, Bouchard, Tolio, and Vinny Castilla is their manager. So that's fun to watch out for. That's all. That's the only commitments I know of now. But if you guys want more prospects, yeah. I think even, like, I want to say Zach Veen is also doing winter ball, but I'm not 100% certain on that. It might be later, but um, I did see Sean Bouchard hit a home run the he other did, day. Yes. Was, yeah, that was pretty awesome. I mean, I just feel like we need some of that in in the major leagues, right? I mean, Sean Bouchard, I mean, he was bound to have a big year this year. And then of course, in spring training, we all know that he had that uh, torn elbow injury and he was out for basically the entire season. And then the final few weeks of the season, I mean, if the Rockies were in contention, Sean Bouchard would be the MVP because like that guy, when he's hot, he'll hit homers all week. Like, I think he had what, like he finished the year, like hitting four or five home runs consecutively each day. It was insane. that twin series hit like four or five, you know, it felt like four or five home runs, but um, yeah, Bouchard ended on a great note. And I think I did a podcast about him last year and uh, it just like, that guy is very underrated. He just needs to stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, I mean, defensively, not pretty. Um, he made a couple errors when he came back, but really what you get out of Bouchard is that bat, right. And that power, he has that power. And somebody, I think it was a Drew Goodman was talking about Bouchard at the end of the season, how in some ways the swing path looks similar to Nolan Arenado. And I found that very interesting. Like it, it, the way the bat is comes off, uh, the, the ball comes off the bat. I found that very uh, intriguing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if any of our listeners would be interested in, in watching the Rockies, um, you know, watching some winter baseball in, in internationally, you can go check that out. I, you know, it, it should be fun. I'm excited to see how some of the players do. I know Montero played last year. He did pretty well. Um, you know, he had really good power there. Um, all right, let's move on to our third segment. Uh, we're going to talk some roster cuts. We've had a couple of them recently. I think there were some today. Um, but most notably, uh, Harold Castro is off the roster. And I know during the regular season, I know Tom and I, we would occasionally talk about this, but, uh, Castro, I mean, Castro, he was okay defensively. Um, he made some pretty decent plays, but especially once the season was coming to an end, you, you know, he wasn't really in the lineup as much because I think the Rockies were focused on playing some of the younger players. So, um, yeah, like I'm, I'm going to start off with Tom. Tom, what do you think about the roster cuts? Because I think we're, we're starting to look toward next year, and I think the Rockies are kind of, you know, in that area of like, hey, we're, we're moving toward 25. We want to look toward 25, 26 for that potential playoff contention window there. So uh, what do you think about that? Well, the way, the way I see it is they're kind of shifting levels, or I guess you could say, I should say advancing stages to the next stage of the development period. I guess if that makes any sense. Um, The way I look at it as they have, I don't want to say solidify, but they have picked a good, at least a decent number of guys who we could see as being part of the young core um, that could, that they can build around and put the finishing peaches towards. Now the question is figuring out which, which of those veteran finishing pieces they need, they could potentially add to round out the roster and take that big net and possibly if not next season, then like I've commented previously in 2025, take that big next step to yeah. really stepping up and competing with the big um the big sluggers in the division like the Dodgers the G- Dodgers and the Diamondbacks specifically but i think looking next year um i mean yeah the, i mean just i'm just looking back here at some of the cuts that were made not just by the Rockies but by other teams there's some noteworthy names of players that were not just cut but were sent uh outright on for based on uh teams manipulating their 40 man rosters there's a couple of noteworthy guys moving around, like Michael Chavis is another is a veteran that I just saw was moved yesterday. Um, uh, you know, I'm just and again just Brett, uh, Brent Phillips. Brett Phillips is actually demoted uh-huh. the other day too. Um, but yeah, to the point is, it's get I I think this could be an idea for a future episode as to putting together who I think 
potential targets that the Rockies could add veterans to round out the roster. But I still think, and I think you, anybody, any of you guys can dispute me or agree with me. There's still some guys that do need additional seasoning or there's players that I think we need to take a look at what specifically their sophomore campaign will be like. Will they suffer a bit of a sophomore slump or will they take another bit solid progression step forward? Like guys like Nolan Jones, Ezekiel Tovar, Brenton Doyle, what are their second years in the big leagues going to look like? Because they may specifically Tovar and Jones, when it comes to offensively, they were able to make that when pitchers started adjusting to them, they made the proper adjustments to adjusting how, how to counter the pitchers attack against them which is critical now the question is now that those all the teams not just in the nos but around baseball have a full season's worth of scouting reports on them how do they take their next step and to me that's a great that's a huge or a not a huge but a considerably noteworthy indicator as to what a player player's future is going to be like in my opinion that is yeah talking about defense you know the other player that one of the other players the rockies uh you know, they dropped or outrighted off the roster was Austin wins. And I think this is a a good conversation is that should the Rockies entertain bringing back Austin wins? I think defensively, absolutely. You bring him back just because of the experience. And I think, you know, Austin wins, he's had plenty of major league baseball experience where he's seen a lot of, a lot of action. And I think this year he was actually, even though the batting average and the OPS numbers on the road were, and even at home were not very good. You look at the player and the way he helped, you know, the pitchers on the mound, I think we, we definitely should entertain bringing him back because Romo is not ready. He should be up next year sometime. I really don't want the Rockies to kind of rush his development in AAA. I know at the end of the season, you know, I know I was a little bit excited there because I wanted the Rockies to kind of, you know, at least give him some experience up in the big leagues. But I think Romo needs some of the more development there because uh, we know he kind of struggled in AA to start the year and then got hot the last month or two. And I think for Romo, he'll probably start out the year in double A. So I, I think the Rockies should definitely bring back Austin wins. I prefer him over Brian Servan. Um, Servan, you know, he was, um, he was decent defense defensively, but if, if you ask me, I'd rather go with Austin wins over, uh, over Brian Servan. But uh, Lewis, what do you think? Do you think the Rockies should bring back Austin wins or do you think they should find somebody else on the uh, catching market and free agency? Yeah, I think Wins is part of the future. Um, I just think you can't have a guy like Wins on a 40-man spot because right now we have 39 spots taken, and we still have to add Amador and Fernandez, which you have to have those two because they'll be snatched up in the Rule 5 draft. And then you also got to all the guys that you just traded for, the prospects, um, you got to add those guys too probably. So we're probably going to see more guys get cut. I assume Wins will be on this team though yeah. um, in the future, but right now – we're going to outright them in because we need to add future guys to the team. And yeah. wins was nowhere near the problem for this team. And he was actually, yeah. his framing metrics were really good. So I like, you know, the, you know, when the rule five draft is, I think it's mid December. Okay. So that's a couple months away. So yeah, because yeah. obviously you don't want to get rid of it. Like the Rockies, we know that like the second it happens, Bill Schmidt and uh, you know, uh, is going to, you know, snatch up, you know, Amador is so that they don't get taken away because if those guys are on the list, teams are going to be flying around them to get them. Yeah. So um, I agree with you. So that's, that's interesting because, you know, I'm not very knowledgeable on the rule five draft. Sometimes I know it's kind of a gray area for a lot of people, but yeah, it, it, the Rockies, they have to this. And I'm, I'm interested to see what they do this off season, but I will say, I think where they are at right now, especially in the rebuilding process, usually, Unless if you feel like you're ready to do something like the D-backs, they kind of knew that they were kind of ready for this year. They went out and made trades, right? And they, they were good trades, right? And we already know that, you know, it's paying off for them, right? So where the Rockies right now, it's just that they're in a rebuild process where I think it kind of got delayed to a certain extent from last year. I think 2022 could have been a very bad year as well. But I think right now we're kind of heading into that point. Okay, we need to start, you know, it's more about developing than rather acquiring uh, free agents. And, you know, I know um, on the, uh, uh, I think it was the uh, Park Adjusted Rockies broadcast, um, great podcast, by the way, I, I know I mentioned that before, but uh, they were talking with Clint Hurdle and Thomas Harding, how, you know, should the Rockies go out and get a guy like uh, Trevor Bauer? And here's the thing, whether he wants to come to Colorado or not, I don't think the Rockies 
Well, here's the thing. The Rockies, they haven't really, they've never had really good success going out and getting free agents, starting pitching. It's never worked. You have to grow the pitching from inside. Right. And I think Lewis, Tom, we all know that like it, it, it won't work for you. Like you can do in the bullpen that there's no problem. But when you have a free and starting pitcher coming to course field, well, first of all, it most likely will not happen because you, you don't hear of a free and starting pitcher saying, you know what, I'm going to sign to Colorado for like, uh, you know, seven years. Right. It's, it's most likely going to be a one year deal. And I think we're going to see some of that this year. You know, we might see some pitchers sign like a one or two year deal, probably one year deals, minor league deals, something like that. Kind of like what we saw this past year. And, you know, we're going to see some, Probably some upset fans, you know, seeing us do this all over. But that's a part of the process. I mean, it's all part of the the rebuilding process. And, and, you know, our pitchers are simply not ready. And, you know, with the injuries that we had this year, it just – it was terrible. I mean, I, I think the reason why, you know, we've alluded this many times on the podcast already is that I think the reason why the Rockies had a, a disappointing season this year was, you know, not because of performance, but rather injuries. I mean, it came out of – it couldn't come at a worse time, right? I mean, Marquez got injured at the start of the season, right around the same time as Sensatella, and we basically lost, you know, lost our entire rotation by the end of the, you know, by September, and we had basically Triple A guys starting, yeah. uh, minus Chase Anderson and Ryan Feltner and, and and even Ty Block, but even Ty Block started in Triple A this year a little bit. So, you know, I think going into next year, we're probably going to see some of the same thing, and that's something that I, you know. As a Rockies fan, it's disappointing, but at the same time, though, it's a necessary, you know, loss. I like to say for us to kind of build that progression into 2025, because I think the Rockies they're going to be in like as you know, Lewis, you know, we're going to be in a very good draft positioning come the draft. Oh yeah, top three. I think we have a uh, 16. I think we're basically tied with the Athletics and the Royals for their number one overall pick. And if the Rockies get the number one overall pick, and now depending on you know, the draft class. And he, he, I know Tom shared with us um, a couple podcasts ago, we were talking about this exact same topic that some years the draft class is not good or they're good, but they never pan out in the future. And we're, of course we're hoping that, you know, the players in the draft class are, are solid kind of like this past year. And that's, that's our hope, but you just don't want to have another Riley Pine situation because, you know, I love Riley Pine, but I just don't think that he's going to have a, a long MLB career. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on, on that? Uh, I'll start off with Tom here. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to bring up old history to any, to any specific examples, but there's, unfortunately there's always first, it happens year after year. There's first round picks that just don't pan out. But as we pointed out in our draft analysis episode, there are some underrated arms that we did take a look at again, you know, that we can't go over, but just real quick, I looked up the free agent pitch starting pitchers for this off season. There are some names. The Rockies don't have any shot at, or the ones that won't be interested in coming here, like your Clayton Kershaw's and your Shohei Otani's who won't pitch, who won't even be pitching next year, but there's still some names that stand out that Bill Schmidt could give a phone call to and see. And these, and these names, I'll name a couple of names like Hinjin Ryu. He's a guy who's a pitch to soft contact. He's thir- granted he is 36 years old, but he's somebody who the Rockies could invest in as a veteran. Although uh, Aaron Nola jumps off the page, who's somebody who could be in their range, but he's probably going back to Philadelphia. Other names like um, that they could go after, like maybe a Michael Lorenzen, somebody they could tr- they could talk to. Lucas Giolito, former White Sox starting pitcher, who tries to keep the ball down in the strike zone with his with his circle changeup. However, he does have a tendency to leave to miss and leave the ball up, making it easy to hit the ball in the air. He's someone they could get, take a phone call to. So there are options if they want to do add a veteran starting pitcher. But, you know, until, until hold the spot until Herman Marquez comes back. But, you know, there, and as you pointed out, we don't want a Riley Pine situation, but unfortunately those happen. And I know Chase Dolinger, he's not pitching in low A or high A right now. They're trying to get him in their developmental paths, which I think is a good idea. They want to maybe take some wear and tear off that arm. So there are, they do have, in my opinion, they do have some options as far as veterans free agents do go. And of course, I'm just looking at the list without the club and mutual options that are going to, that there's quite a few actually out there. So I mean, there is, as we've commented before, there is some optimism for them. The question is, you know, can they put together it is unfortunate they can't just go out and sign a big name free agent because we all know what happened with the Mike Hampton situation. Yeah. Lewis, what do you think the Rockies should do during the offseason? Or what do you think they will, they will do? Do you think it's going to be a big offseason or do you think it's going to be kind of like last year? No, it's not. We're gonna, I don't want us to do anything. I want us to stay put. Uh, I like our guys. Um, 
Jake Monfort spent all the money on Chris Bryant. He's not gonna spend all this money more. Um, yeah. I like this. I like where we're at because I think we can only fall past nine. I think yeah. ninth is the lowest we can pick, which is probably where we're gonna pick, knowing our luck. But there's yeah. a couple good arms in this draft class. I don't. I'm not a big draft nerd like I am. Like other people on Blake, Blake Street Banner, all but there are some funny names in the draft and a lot of good <laughs> pitchers I heard. Yeah. So if we can get top five pick, I want to attack pitching. We did it already last draft to keep doing it. I, I keep telling these people we have a good farm system, but we don't have really a single pitching prospect that I'm confident in becoming a good starter, a guy that we can rely on. And we need those. Like we just don't have it. And if we don't get those, that's just the fact. Yeah. That matters. And I feel, yeah. And I feel like uh, over the last, off season or two and and you know this is not a, a dick monfort podcast by any means but i feel like we're starting to see dick monfort i mean excuse me uh bill schmidt kind of really take control of the team here and it, it's because that's important because i feel like in the past we saw a lot of decisions were made by dick monfort where now i feel like bill schmidt is kind of like taking the role of actually being the jam actually making decisions in the draft room and, and free agency and because dick monfort didn't go out because i remember last year at the end of his, uh, you know, at the uh, at the end of the press conference to uh, the t- season ticket holders, how he was going to add, we want, like, we're going to add free agent, you know, players to help our big league roster. Well, we never really got that. Um, and I feel like Bill Schmidt is like, you know what, uh, let me do what we can do. Let me help li- this team kind of go into, because we got to rebuild it. Like the Rockies, like th- they had to rebuild. There was no choice. And I think that's where we're at right now. And, and it's a painful process, but yeah, I agree. I think the Rockies, you know, I wouldn't be upset. Like, I think they definitely need pitching and definitely draft pitching, but I, I definitely would upset if, if they uh, bring in a couple of pitchers. Um, even, even if they bring back the pitchers that they had this past year, I wouldn't be against that. And I think, you know, yeah, like I said, you know, people are going to be upset. You know, the casual fan will be, you know, upset saying, oh, here comes a new, like, it, well, that's the thing. You have to be patient. That's the, that's a big thing. Right. And, and it's easy to be, you know, um, to, to be impatient. I mean, you look at the NFL, NBA, you know, those rebuilds can last only about a year uh, and you can, you know, get out of that and make the playoffs. Um, but in baseball, it can take years for you to go through that. And, and for some teams are going to take a couple of years, like, um, you know, Arizona, right. I mean, just two years ago, they were, you know, the worst team in baseball next to the Orioles and look what happened. I mean, look at the Orioles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and so, I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen with the Rockies, but it, you have to be patient. And I know a lot of people said, you know, I, I, I'm tired of being patient. Well, I feel like the Rockies, I don't know. It just, I feel like they're kind they kind of, it's like, I feel like in the past, they kind of, they keep, uh, you know, they kind of find out their mistakes. Okay. How can we make this better? What mistakes do we make in the past that we can fix now or that we can fix moving forward? I feel like that's where we're at right now. And I think that's a great thing for the Rockies because, you know, we want to bring in a consistent winning ball club here in Colorado. I think it's going to come as long as we get pitching and 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 we, you know, keep the young players together. And I think they will. I think Bill Schmidt has a plan. And I posted this on the Instagram page the other day that Clint Hurdle, who is working for the Rockies now, which is great. It's awesome. I'm, I'm excited that he's back. And he's talking about how the Rockies are bringing back some, you know, 2007 veterans to help the minor league system. And that's how that's how you do it. That's how you do it, because you know, because, you know, the Rockies, they need, they know what, they know what they need to do. And their focus, their focus, you know, and that's, and this is huge. Their focus isn't on the current roster right now. Their focus is on the future. And that's great. That's what you want to, because if you focus too much on the now, you're going to create problems for the future. And I think, you know, I think Bill Schmidt has done an excellent job um, rather than the previous GM. And I know I've talked about this a lot and we, Tom and I, we've talked about it, but, I think Bill Schmidt has, is making this team go in the right direction, which is great. And I think some people just don't see that. But uh, I'm excited for the future. I think we have some young guns that are coming up that are going to be stars. I really, And we already have stars on the team already. It's just that we're waiting for them to develop and, and to, for them to, to grow. And so um, it's going to be really, really exciting to see. I know, uh, Lewis, you sent in a, a graph um, on a, a document, and it was very interesting. I mean, uh, like looking at the OPS, of course, we won't really go over it, but – I mean, Ezekiel Tovar, you know, he had a, a pretty good season defensively, as we already know, same with Doyle. But, you know, when we were talking about Sean Bouchard, you look at his home OPS, it's 1.25. I mean, it's a small sample size, but you're looking at some power, like power hitters in this Rockies lineup. It's just that 
this year it just didn't click for some reason. Right. I mean, and, and, you know, of course, Nolan Jones, and we've talked a lot about Nolan Jones, but I mean, you have pieces in the lineup that can definitely win you, you know, at least 70, 80 ball games. It's just that you got to have the pitching. Um, yeah. And it, without pitching, you can't really do anything. And I think this year, I, I think this year would have definitely been a better year if they would have had a healthy pitching rotation. Um, and I'm looking at Gomber, like uh, you put in the grab, Gomber had a excellent year on the road this year. Three point, uh, yeah, 3.8 ERA. That's really, really good compared to what he was, you know, a year ago. Uh, Gomber, I, I think, I know a lot of people don't like, I love Gomber. I, I think he could be a very good pitcher for us. Um, he just needs to, I know at the start of the year, he was very pressured because of the Arenado trade and he, he admitted to that, but I think Gomber could be a solid pitcher for us. And, and I think, and I mean that, and I think, there's there's so much to be excited about in our pitch. I, I think there's there's some question marks for sure, but I think with the current pitching staff, we can win games. It's just that we gotta have we gotta have healthy pitchers and, and pitchers that can um, you know pitch six seven innings because when you can't you know pitch out of the fourth inning, you're gonna use your bullpen, which the Rockies used a lot of this year. So uh, you know, Lewis, what do you think about that? And then we'll hand it off to Tom. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, but around this time last year, it was like all but confirmed we were going to give Brandon Immo a big contract. Yeah. I remember years. that. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. We would be so much worse if we did that. Like, yeah, I agree. we would, we'd be, it'd be awful. Um, I like where I like, we have Justin Lawrence, by the way, if you look at the, the graph I, or the thing I made, I mean, it's incredible. Justin Lawrence is just, he's the closer of this team. We have, we have pieces in place. We just have to find a way to get more pitching and we have to really find a way to get clutch hitting and especially yeah. in the back end of the lineup, I felt like mm-hmm. these defensive guys, Doyle, Wins, like you said earlier that um, Castro was a defensive guy. He has negative mm-hmm. six above average, above outs above average. So was it good on defense? Was it good on offense? I don't know what kind of dirt he had on Bud Black to stay on the team, but yeah. I guess he's versatile. I don't know. But yeah. I, I just like where we're at. I think we're we're only going up from here. Exactly. Yeah. 100 yeah. losses. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Tom, what do you think? No, I can. Lewis hits the nail on the head with an, in a number of reasons. I I agree. Justin Lawrence. I I just I think I've commented a couple episodes ago when uh, Stephen you pointed it out. I just love that how that swoop. I have a sucker for guys who have big swooping sliders. For example, Chris Sale is another notable one, even though he hasn't had luck with health in the last couple of years. But still, Justin Lawrence, if he can hone that command. And whether it's fastball command or slider command, I think he is for sure the closer of the future for this team. And I just think also to point out for our pitchers, as our defense continues to improve, that's going to benefit our pitching staff. Because we don't, at least this year, we didn't have any, I mean, Herman Marquez, what I say, is the big strikeout guy when he's healthy for our starting rotation. But a lot of our guys, whether it's Gomber or Freeland, they rely on the defense to back them up because they try to pitch more to weak contact as opposed to the strikeout because neither of them have overpowering – they neither of them are power arms, so to speak. So And, yeah, if we can – because the truth is our lineup, I think, on the, in 2025, if it progresses the way we are, it's going to look considerably different, and I agree – that the bottom third of the lineup will look considerably different when it comes to production. I think if we, if the right, if certain guys progress the way we hope, and maybe if they make an addition or two in terms of the veteran free agent pit market, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But I just hope that the defense we don't sac we don't sacrifice the defense for sake of just having an overpowering offense. That's what I hope. I hope there's a way we can balance the two out. Yeah, yeah. provide confine, confine the right competitive balance. I think is the right way to put it. Yeah, I think Doyle is a guy, if you look at the graph, he has a higher OPS away than home. He's mm-hmm. going to get that home OPS up. Like, there's yeah. no way it's below the away for his whole career. So I, I think Doyle will have an above, not above average, but a better year than he did at the play this year. Like, 100% guaranteed. And he's then, got some underrated pop. He's got some underrated yeah. power. He's got some pop, opinion. yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he's got some underrated pop that really not a lot of people, I think, paid attention to. Yeah, you look at Nolan Jones too. His away OPS is nine thirty four. Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, like and here's people, people were saying, "Oh, he's a Coors Field product." I'm like, look at the numbers, dude. Like, no. it, it's insane. It's uh, like Nolan Jones. You know, of course, we'll, we'll have to wait till next year. Obviously, we've got to knock on wood here. But I think Nolan Jones, if and I think the Rockies. I mean, Nolan Jones was a diamond and rough type of player. I mean, in some ways, I can't believe that the Guardians gave up on him because he'd be their best player. 
are equally. Yeah. And the Guardians are probably punching themselves in the face for for trading. And not only that, but they got rid of Will Benson, who went to the Reds. And I mean, Nolan Jones was the the the, the crop for them, a prize of the crop. And and I think Nolan Jones is just fits well, of course, field the swing, the 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 swing path, the speed. I mean, you're looking at a big package here, and you're looking at a, a star, all star for sure. I think, I think one of the, you know, big predictions I have for next year, I think we might see Nolan Jones be an all star next year, uh, just the way he's been able to show up to the ballpark, and I think with the way he performed this year, I think he's already won that left field starting field, left left, oh, left yeah. field for next year, no question. There's, yeah. they're not going to go out in free agency and send a left fielder like. Jerks and profile. I think, no. like, they're not going to do that. I think they're going to call experience like, over. Yeah, <laughs> history is over. And plus, Profar, like, he had a like a good first couple of weeks, and then it just fell off. His his WAR was, I believe, negative uh, two. It was worse than the league. league. Yeah, it, it was the worst in the league. We had to get yeah. rid of him. Now, I did like, a, a, like, you know, he has some hits. You could get some knocks in there, but you know, defensively, he was he was like, like you know, kind of like uh, Castro. They were good defensively. He just, they just couldn't consistently get down base. And I think offensively, in, in terms of Ward, they were also, you know, pretty terrible. So, Nolan Jones, easily starting left fielder next year. Um, I want to, like, quickly, like, I think two guys I'll, I'm really excited for next year, and I, I, I expect them to be back. I, I know one of them will sure for sure be back. Uh, Victor Vodnik, I think he could definitely be an eighth-inning guy, maybe even a closer at one point, sure, with uh, Justin Lawrence. Vodnik, I could see. I saw somebody comment today that Vodnik could be a, a potential uh, Craig Campbell type of pitcher. I could definitely see that. Um, he just needs to develop. He, you know, he, we called him up from AAA later this year. Uh, he has definitely. The, we, we've already seen him in the minor leagues with the with the Yard Goats and, and Hartford and in AAA. He has the strikeout stuff. He can strike out people, strike out guys. But he's he's just gotta develop and I think he'll be fine I think I think Vodnik was actually a great great trade um even when we traded him I, I knew that was a great trade because the Rockies they need bullpen help uh especially in the late part uh because you know Bard was uh he was going on the IL for a bit there I think Vodnik I'm really excited about him and then also Nick Mears um you know Lewis you wrote down that he has a 1.74 ERA on the road uh his road uh whip is 1.26 Solid numbers there on the road, and, and I, I think Nick Mears definitely. I, I feel like he deserved more credit this year. I mean, he has some, you know. I, I know a couple times this year he was like he was, uh, you know, in a in a rough patch where there'd be bases loaded with one house and he'd get out of it somehow. And I think Nick Mears, I could, I, I think the Rockies should definitely. I think they're going to bring him back most likely, but I think they definitely did a good job in acquiring him last year from uh, from Pittsburgh, and I think. Those are two guys I really like, uh, you know, for the Rockies to bring back next year. Yeah, I agree. I love Vodnik because it feels like we're playing with house money with Vodnik because I love MLB trade deadline. Like, you're trading away players that aren't going to be on your team regardless in the future, and you're getting these – they're not great prospects, but you give me 100 little prospects, one of them is going to hit, and I like that we did that. So, I mean, we have to play him because he's young. I don't want a 30-year-old going out there eating innings. I want – I want guys like Van Skoyik. I think that's his name. Yeah, it's kind of. I don't want to say it, but uh, Victor Vodnik is perfect for that. Just perfect for that role. Just go out there, eat innings, learn, get better. That's what we need. Yeah, and I, I like how Bill Schmidt went out and just got pitching. Um, and yeah. yeah, I'll hand it over to Tom here. But like, it just, I and here's the thing, you know, with the Rockies trading Cronin and Grichik, who, you know, were coming off of great years for the Rockies in the first half. They just fell apart in Los Angeles. I'm not sure if it was just them leaving Coors Field, but they had pretty not so good uh, numbers in terms of offense. Like I, I don't think I think Crone fell off off the table, unfortunately for him, because I, I really enjoyed Crone. Grichik only had like one or two home runs, and that was it for him. Um, Grichik was so, put on waivers, and then nobody claimed. Yeah, him. Yeah, nobody claimed him, and so basically he had to stay there. And and Crone, really, they had to play him at first base, if not like bench him a couple times. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think the Rockies, they, they definitely did a good job in, in getting pitching, you know, for, at the trade deadline. And I think, again, it's a necessary move. And, yeah, it was painful at the time, but that's how – that's what that's the way you re- rebuild. And I think the Rockies probably had one of the sneakiest 
like deadlines, the good deadlines, I think it was definitely up there at least an A or B in my mind because it's just at the time it was just like, man, it's weird where we're at because we haven't really seen this before or at least in a long time to where the Rockies really made a lot of moves. And I think we finally saw that this year and now we're starting to see some of that, you know, pitching kind of show up at the big leagues and they're making their mark, which is exciting to see. Um, yeah. I think it's um, all of this. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah. I, I was just going to, I was just going to say that, you know, we have some guys and I was just going to say too, Brent Suter, I, you know, I, I would be okay bringing him back for one more year and then you could trade him at the deadline because on the road, Brent Suter was, was, was pretty solid. 3.13, 1.04 whip. Um, and, and he threw, I believe on the road, he threw, let me see here, 37.1 innings um, on the road. So I, you know, I would be okay bringing him back. I know, he kind of had a rough patch in the second half. He had a really good first half. I mean, there were conversations where he could, like the Rockies, they had a, several players that were in the AL, I mean, all-star conversations out of the bullpen. I think Jake Bird would have, was one of them, and that's another guy. You know, I think the Rockies, they definitely have at their bullpen. Obviously, I think their bullpen is going to improve because, you know, Tom and I, we've talked about this, how, you know, during the dog days of August and, and September, that's, that's something that a lot of these bullpen pitchers I've never really experienced a lot. You know, Jake Bird and, and Victor Vodnik, Nick Mears, um, you know, uh, Gavin Hollowell, guys like that. They never really have experienced that before. And I think going into next year, they're going to they're going to kind of, you know, get that feeling next year. I think uh, it's something to keep your eye on. So uh, I'll, I'll hand it over to Tom here. Yeah, I agree. There's, I'm uh, well, even with Brent Suter having those numbers on the road, there were uh, quite, at least I saw, and about you guys, there were quite a few Brent Suter haters on social media uh, among the Rocky fan base. But he's a he's somebody I would definitely entertain. The one guy who I think hopefully gets a good fair fair opportunity last year because I think he was came into some tough stepped in a couple brought in during a couple of tough situations was Gavin Hollowell. Yeah. I really like his stuff and I would like to see how, just like Victor Vodnik, I think uh, I'll use the phrase that uh, Lewis used playing with house money, I think is another, is another way to describe him. So, and what is, I think it's for every prospect to succeed. I think, what is it? Some 10 odd have to fail. I don't know. I think it's some, it's some small number. It's some number like that, but uh, yeah, I, the other thing is I know when it, I've commented on this before, the, when you look at the injury report at some point, the Rockies, I think, had just over, I think it was 12, 13 pitchers at one point on the IL at the same time. So their depth was definitely tested. But as I've known before, Bud Black being a former pitcher and longtime pitching coach is a guy you want who can navigate you through a tough situation like that when it comes to managing a pitching staff, whether it's the rotation and the bullpen and trying to hover a lot of innings that can be tough. Um, but I just, the one big thing, I, two things is that I think I'd like to see and hope for the future when it comes to the Rockies building a competitive roster is it's like the famous saying goes, there's no such thing as having too many arms. So, and again, I bring back an age old saying it's tough to lure free agent veteran pitchers to course field, but if you can find the right ones and build solid depth, you can prepare yourself for not just being competitive, but the as you know, you alluded to Stephen, the dog days of August and September, because with a young roster, that can be tough. And another guy I'm really excited about. Again, we talk back about defense. The Rockies, it's great. I think have solidified their what their uh, left side of the infield when it comes to shortstop and third base. The other side, to me, next year it's going to be. I'm very intrigued to see how the playing time is divvied up at first and second base because you have a lot of options for first, like Montero, you got Goodman. I know Chris Bryant we've talked about could definitely get some starts at first base as well. And then second base, you know, can Brendan Rogers stay on the field? He has a gold glove to his credit. So if you have him, Tovar, McMahon, you have three gold glove caliber defenders at three critical, at three infield positions. It, it, it Again, at what point do you... Do you? I don't. I hate to be critical or mean here, but at what point do you give up on him? A guy who was at one point, I think, for two or three years straight, was the number one prospect in the Rockies farm system. That's going to be the critical question. How, if he stays healthy, to how long do you give? At what point do you pull the plug and take away his last chance? Because I think he basically has his last chance coming up next season. So that's something I'm real. I'm really going to keep an eye on. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think next year is his last year of arbitration, if I'm not wrong. So he's gonna hit the open market after next year. So it is. Yeah, like I, I think. Um, actually, fun fact: I actually wrote. uh, I think last year I wrote uh, an email to Dick Monfort, and (laughs) I I was able to get a hold of it. It's you know the uh, it's the famous uh, from my iPad quote. Um, but I wrote Dick Monfort an email and I asked him, uh, one of the questions was, uh, you know, uh, Brendan Rogers. And he told me, you know, he, he replied and said that Brendan Rogers is now with, I believe Scott Boris. So, and Scott Boris is a very heavy free agent guy. Like he wants players to go on the free agent market, get their money. And so, well, I, I think Rogers will be back next year for sure. Yeah, obviously I, I think that's, but I think what they're going to do is, well, I could see this happening. We, I don't know. We'll see, but I feel like I agree with Tom. I think if the Rockies, I think they're going to give Rogers one more chance of saying, Hey, because we like, there's Amador who could be, I don't know. For some reason, he kind of reminds me of many of uh, Jose Ramirez. Um, I I really like uh, Amador. I mean, the guy's going to be an all-star. We already know that. And I think looking at Amador, he's the future. You you cannot, if you're the Rockies, you can't trade Amador. You cannot. He's hands off. Same thing with uh, Yankee El Fernandez. You cannot trade them. Um, yeah. And and I think if you're the Rockies, and honestly, they could have done this this off season, this past off season, because I know there was a conversation about the Rockies trading Rogers to uh, Miami for Edward Cabrera, and I was I was for that because I was like, you know what, that's interesting. I think that's a great idea. You know, the Rockies could use an arm there because uh, Cabrera was basically a rookie the year before, and he pitched at Coors Field through like I think six or seven no hit innings. Um, and it, his changeup was absolutely dirty. It was filthy. Rockies couldn't hit it. And I think actually this past year he came to Coors Field and he got knocked around quite a bit. So, um, I, yeah, I agree with Tom. I think this is going to be the last straw for Rodgers. If he can't stay healthy or if he just doesn't put up good enough numbers to, you know, sustain his position at second base or at least, um, you know, at the at the time, you know, I think we're going to say goodbye to Rodgers I think, you know, you could trade him for pitching. And I think Rogers, Rogers could get you a, a pretty good solid package, especially since he was a former number, you know, top draft pick and a former number one prospect in your organization. That's going to get you some pitching. And I think Bill Schmidt is a pretty smart guy, especially for Bill Schmidt to get two of the top pitching or, you know, at least two guys in the top, you know, 30 prospect was for the angels, you know, for the uh, Corona Grichik trade and for Pierce Johnson too, you know, Pierce Johnson, you know, uh, we were able to get, you know, Tanner Gordon and uh, Victor Vodnik out of that. Right. And so, you know, if we can trade Brennan Rogers next year uh, at the trade deadline or after the season's over, we could get really good arms. And I think, you know, that's what the Rockies should at least consider doing because I, you know, who knows, maybe Amador is ready by September or August, because I think Amador I know he struggled with the injuries a little bit this year, but he's already in in, in uh, AA this year, or he played a little bit in AA. I, I think we're going to see him in AAA at some point next year. Um, so I think, yeah, I agree with Tom that I think I think Rogers next year will be the last year for Rogers and Blackman too, because we you know we haven't really talked about Blackman yet. Um, and so next year we're going to take some. Uh, I think next year, and that's a, it's kind of like the sweet you know, and pain of being a, a fan of these two players because I really enjoy watching, you know, Blackman and Rogers play. But I think it's kind of like the final push toward the next generation of Rockies because it's just like it's the final goodbye um, because the Rockies, they're ready to see guys like Zach Veen, Yankeel Fernandez, Amador, uh, Tovar, uh, Nolan Jones, Brenton Doyle to be the next big core for the Rockies in, in years to come. So, yeah. Yeah, the sad reality for Brendan Rodgers is Amador's the future of the team, number one prospect, mm-hmm. and he can only play shortstop and second base, and yeah. he's not going to shortstop, so he's kind of stuck yeah. being a second yeah. baseman at the next level. And I think the Rockies, they really like Brendan Rodgers. It's just that it hasn't – I mean, it, it, unfortunately, it's been – ever since he – actually, ever since he was drafted, Rodgers coming up kind of struggled with injuries, um, and he kind of got delayed in the process, I believe, when he was – in single A or double A with Hartford. And, and, you know, then he came up in 2019, got injured then and in his year, 2020, he only played in like uh, one or two games and he, he got injured Uh, 2021, you know, that was his really his first full year. Um, And of course, you know, uh, this past year, he, you know, got hurt in spring training, didn't make his debut until August. Um, 
So yeah, it, it just it, like it, it's sad because I really enjoy Brendan Rodgers. He's one of my favorite players on the team. It's just that, you know, and, and he he finished well. I mean, he hit uh, three. You know, he finished off the year with three or four home runs in the month of September. Uh, that was great to see. And you know, you know, obviously a solid defense. Won a Gold Glove uh, a year ago. Um, so Rogers, he's going to get you a, a Gold Glove there too. And and I think. If you're a team looking at a, a trade, I, I definitely look at Rogers because he's going to give you elite defense and he can give you a, a, a good bat. You know, it might not be, you know, a lot of power, but he can he can, you know, drive in runners in. And I think uh, definitely I think if you're looking at trade pieces, Rogers is definitely one of them. And I think McMahon, you can't trade Ryan Mack with that contract. You just can't because the, with the way the Rockies are right now with their payroll, it's getting better. Um you know, with an Arenado contract, I think this year, I think it's going to be the last year we'll be paying for the Arenado contract. If not, this year was the last year. So now the Rockies are going to have a little bit more money uh, on their on their on their table. So they'll be able to spend a little bit more in free agency or at least save up. And I think one thing, too, I want to quickly mention this. I think one of the big things that they do with the, the, the Rockies, the way they spend their money, they actually do it toward international signing, which is a much better idea, in my opinion. That's what's keeping because, us afloat is our international scouting. Yeah. Right. And I, the, the past number of years, um, the Rockies have done probably the best job in terms of international drafting in baseball easily um, with the way that we've been able to draft Dion Jorge, who is uh, in single A right yeah. now. Um, he's been a monster. Okay. Yankee Fernandez, by the way, came up, I think, uh, through the international draft. Tovar was an interna- international signee. And so you're looking at like the like the, the scouts down there in, in, in uh, you know, in, in South America and in uh, Panama or wherever uh, they play. I think it's the Dominican Republic. I'm not 100 certain, but uh, they do an incredible job. And I think the future, especially with the international signees, it's pretty incredible. And I think the Rockies have some studs there. And that's the thing that too, you know, it's kind of sad reality that, you know, some of those players down there, they don't even get a taste of the minor leagues and it just, but some of them do. And I think that's the exciting part is that the Rockies, they have a number of those guys that are coming up um, through that, through that international draft. And I think that's, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised that the Rockies will do that this year, that they're going to spend a lot of that money toward the international draft and the Rockies, you know, kind of like in the regular draft, you know, that will happen in June next year. The Rockies, they're going to get a very good draft positioning in the international draft, which I think is in, I want to say it's in January or February, something like that. So um, that should be good for the Rockies there. <clears throat> yeah, it's been, if you look at like the Rays, I'm, I'm in Tampa, so I know this really well. Like they're built off of the international free agency and draft. Like they, they're, they're better than us. I know we're really good, but it's every guy they look at ends up becoming a starter for them and they yeah. trade them. But it's really the only thing keeping us afloat. In the, I'm excited because every year it feels like like Dylan, Diane, Jorge, I was big on him. Like, he, he is just a good, raw hitter. We need if we need bats. I mean, we have a couple of single A, and that's one of them. He's a crazy hitter. I know we're about to round out the show, but international free agency, like, it is a chance for any team to just find a stud. I mean, Fernando Tatis. Yeah. Uh, Juan Soto, like there are so many guys that are just sitting there, and any team can pay them. Uh, it's it's a good feeling. Yeah, and of course, this guy's not an international draftee, but we drafted him this past year. I know Tom and I have talked briefly about him. I think when he was drafted, but one of the players that I really like is Cole Carrig, and I think Cole Carrig. I know when we drafted him, people were like, "What in the world is this pick?" But now we're starting to see. You know what? That was actually a really amazing pick. That was an awesome pick because you don't see a lot of guys coming out of the Mountain View. Um, you know, I'm not a big college guy, but, you know, I, I think he came from the Mountain View um, division there in San Diego State. And I think it just you know, that was a wonderful signing. And I think Cole Carrick is going to be an amazing player. Um, it, all of a sudden, like we didn't really see the power in the draft. And now we're starting to see power and speed. We're starting to see everything in Cole Kerrigan. And, and, you know, and, I, you know, I guess I'll hand it over to Tom here, but like, the Rockies, they have some really good players in the lower minor league system, even though we don't really know much. We don't really cover a whole lot uh, over here at Rockies now uh, in the minor league system, but there's some really good players in the lower minor league system that's coming up for the Rockies. Everyone, there are plenty of prospects that fly under the radar. And the, uh, there's a famous saying that I remember one of my brothers who play college baseball always tell me when it comes to baseball, it doesn't matter where you go, where you play, whether it's international or in the States, whether it's an elite. Uh, level program like Tennessee or a, or a junior college ball 
scouts will find you, the, mm-hmm. especially with the internet being as prolific as it is and worldwide. And, you know, as you pointed out, not just, I mean, for example, I'll use the White Sox. My favorite team is an example, Luis Robert Jr., their best player. You know, they signed him as a 17-year-old out of Cuba. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, also, you know, I hate to bring it up, but they had Fernando Tatis. They originally signed him um, as an international free agent when he was uh, 16 years old. So, and then, of course, they traded him, but that was before he blossomed into the top prospect that he became. Uh, so it is, you know, and if you look at, and yeah, I'm just looking at the list. There are plenty of guys who are making their noise in the lower levels, aside from Amador and Fernandez, who are going to probably be in double A next year. But it is still something to keep. They, the future is still very positive. We used commented before. Bill Schmidt has a plan, mm-hmm. and unlike um, Jeff Bradish, who is more nonchalant and kind of dismissive of a lot of of a lot of questions as far as what his plan was, Bill Schmidt is being more forthright. And he and the thing is, he's more of a progressive thinker, and he does have that background, that scouting background, mm-hmm. to the point where he knows how to not just. I guess delegate to his staff because he's more obviously up there in age and not saying he can't do the job, but he is, I think has the right people around him. And, you know, he's got the manager that he wants to help lead the charge. And it's again, and I'm not going to ramble, but it's, it is true. There is a lot of things to be positive about. Again, we are just one of those franchises who we have to be a little more patient because we have to build our core from within. It's tough for us to spend our way out of trouble. If that makes any sense. Not to say Dick Mumford can't afford it. It's just tough to lure free as as an I hate to sound like a broken record. It's tough to spend your way out of trouble at certain positions on the diamond. Yeah, especially in the National League West too. You know, with yes. the Dodgers and Giants and even Padres. But even though, you know, Tom and I, I know Lewis. You know, you haven't really been you know paying a close attention. But like we've been talking about, you know, teasing the Padres. How you know, I personally believe the Padres are not doing the right way. They're mm-hmm. wasting all these prospects. And now they have one of the worst farm systems in baseball. It's just that's not the way to go, um, you know, especially in Major League Baseball, because now the Padres are up against the wall, kind of wondering what they're going to do uh, for the future, because now, that you know, they still have somewhat hope for next year. Maybe next year will be it. But, you know, they've been saying that for the past couple of years and nothing has really come of it, you know. The best hope to break even on the Juan Soto on the prospects they gave away on the Ron Soto trade is to try and trade them again, even though they're yeah. not going to break even in that regard now. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But he's, I know, a, but he's um, their best chip. Yeah. I know San Diego. I know it's not a Padres podcast, but I know their their media <laughs> rights thing got cut, and that was like one of the bigger money things for them. And so they've been trying to like keep the roster money low now, but it's like you can't with you with all these guys. So they're in trouble. But I will say why my last things. I know we have to head out here. Okay. Uh, we went this whole pro. We went with this whole podcast. Oh, the future's bright. This and that. And we we didn't even bring up Zach Veen this whole time. Who is still oh, Zach Veen? Shame on us. Still yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like man, Zach Veen. Like we Tom and I have talked about it a lot. Again, you know, we we talk about a lot of stuff. And one of the things that we talked about is Zach Veen and being healthy. If the, if Zach Veen can. And I think he's going to be fine because really what really, again, we're going to close this out in just a second. But one of the things that uh, really, I think hurt him was the injury and he really never told anybody about it. And and we were like kind of shocked, like what's been going on. And, and it was his injury. And, you know, obviously he had a successful surgery. Uh, I think he might be playing winter ball this year or this winter. We'll see, but no question. If, if Zach Veen can obviously stay healthy, but if he, if, if his body's right, if his mind, right, watch out this guy could I think he he could definitely make his debut next year I mean he was supposed to technically in some ways if he was healthy he was supposed to be making his debut later this year but of course with his injuries being pushed back but um yeah I mean it's just you know Zach Veen there's so many good I mean like we could talk all night about so many good players on the Rockies minor league system that are coming up and they look extremely bright and and, and um great talent it just you know the question is where are you going to put them? I think that's the, that's the great thing about, you know, with the roster construction that's coming through, because you're going to have a solid bench in the next year or two, right? I mean, you're going to have a, a great bench, which I feel like the Rockies haven't had it in a very, very long time. They're going to have a great lineup, a solid bench, which is what you need. Kind of like the Houston Astros. I'm going to put that them on here. They have a very solid bench. And, you know, and, and for so many years of those world series runs, what what was one of the big keys for them to to win those worlds you know the the world series appearances is a heavy bench great pitching and a great lineup that's what the rockies are doing here so um 
that's that's just something to see. So um, before we close out, any final thoughts from uh, Tom or uh, or uh, Lewis? Not much. I just want to say thank you guys for having me on. Uh, yeah. You're one hell of a host. You're great at this, and uh, thank you guys. Yeah, thank you, Lewis. For thanks for coming on, and uh, can't wait to have you back. And uh, yeah, uh, hope you had fun at Blake Street Banner, and uh, tell Aaron I said hi. I will. All right, all right. That will do it for this episode of the Rockies Now podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review all of our social media pages. We love hearing from all of our wonderful listeners. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. Have a great day, everyone, and as always, go Rockies. All right. Thank you, guys.